hia this for me had a donkey that's a goat still i love you guys so much never leave me The ladies of strange. I'm Ashley. I'm Tiffany. And, and we're, we're supervised. Uh, You're supervised today. Yay! <laughs> hey guys, Rebecca's back. In case you didn't pick up on that. Hi. Da, 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 da. We finally conned her into coming back. Not sure how, but we're not gonna talk about it. I was told specifically I can't get rid of y'all by you. Yes. No, we've imprinted. Yeah, exactly. Now. This is like the epitome of imprinting, not that Jacob Black shit. No, no, no. No, 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 no Twilight no. Sparkle. Oh, she is Twilight Sparkle, though, in our little oh, My yeah. Little Pony thing. I about that. Oh, that, that's a big throwback. <laughs> that, that's a huge throwback that we don't have to dwell on. So, hi, guys. Hi. Hey, welcome back. Long, um, long time no talkie. I know. No, that's not the case. On microphones. So glad you were lonesome spoons for the evening. Yeah. <laughs> she has to return them by midnight. This I had enough spoons to show up. I had someone else do my research. Speaking of which, we should probably seriously talk about sending the intern a bonus. And, I mean, we snap him. I send him extra love every once in a while. It's fine. What does that mean coming from you? Snaps of me ranting and raving about whatever's on my mind that he just has to listen to. I We need to send him a bonus. <laughs> okay. So are you guys ready? Are yes. you ready? Oh, to clarify, our bonus Jonas this month, you guys, is the best gift ever. So all praise, all dance, give your offerings to whatever. We're so excited. Continue. What the hell was that? I don't. I'm so I don't know. Happy. She's excited, and her brain just stops. Just short circuited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Rebecca, tell us a story. So I had enough spoons to show up. Yay. Did not have enough spoons for notes. That's so the okay. intern had stuff in store. So I was like, "Hey, throw them at me." And the last time I looked at these, there wasn't a tumbler post in them, but we're rolling with it. <laughs> <laughs> like he messed me and sold me. Yeah, I'm editing these. Last night, I'm like, what is there to edit? And there's pictures now. Let's find. Yeah, nice. Let's like go. Pictures. Yeah. Um, just for the record, this document is called Screw You. I don't want to title this. Fair. So spoons all around. Perfection. <clears throat> Imposter syndrome is the worst. That might be why con men fascinate me. They face the question, am I qualified for this? And go, who cares? <laughs> and shoot for the goddamned moon. Nice. It takes a special type of person to try to make it as a shitty sci-fi writer and instead take a bunch of kids out on a boat into international waters, searching for treasure and start a religion cult all after kidnapping their own daughter. Holy crap, Whoa. what just happened? I, I love L. Ron Hubbard, the crazy bastard. Ah, uh, Scientology. I don't think that's actually what this is about. Okay, well, you know. But he's not the topic for the day. He's okay. not what this okay. is about. Okay, and, go one more line. In fact, I would love to tell you the name of the man I'm going to tell you about, but no one's quite sure what it is. Oh. Over his lifetime, he's used over 47 aliases and held dozens of passports, creating a web of lies that even today can't be untangled. What the? Is this the guy that Leonardo DiCaprio played in that movie, Catch Me If You Can? No. In that oh. How do you, have you read them? What? Have you read the notes? I really don't think it's Catch Me. It might be. We might be wrong. 
I'll take Leonardo DiCaprio, however he wants I to come at me. I know. We know, Tiff. <laughs> you have like a Titanic thing. A Titanic thing, as every child born in the 80s has. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I have the Titanic puzzle downstairs. Compliments of Ashley. A SOCOM man. Yes. Over his lifetime, he used over 47 aliases and held dozens of passports, creating a web of lies that even today can't be untangled. We could go into his official prison records from his time in Alcatraz, but that's his most well, but that's not his most well-known moniker. And honestly, it's not what he actually liked to be called. Wow. Let's give this con man some credit, shall we? So we'll go with his preferred name instead. Hashtag support trans kids. Yes. Nice throw in there. Appreciate you. Victor Lustig was born on January. Nope. <laughs> you cannot skim over that. <laughs> you tried so hard. Wait, 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 wait. Victor Lustig. Lustig. No, Lustig. you said Lustig. Lustig. I'm so glad you're back. I'm here five minutes and it's already a mistake. <laughs> Broker. Okay, Victor Lustig. Let's keep going. Victor Lustig was born on January 4th, 1890, maybe, in the middle of Austria-Hungary, an area that is now known as the Czech Republic. Because we know geography. Oh, dear God. (laughs) Given the fact that we know his real name, it's not a surprise to hear that we don't know much about his... Sorry, I missed an important word. Given the fact that we don't know his real name, it's not a surprise to hear that we don't know much about his childhood, and most of it comes from the infamous rumor mill. Ooh, my favorite place. Depending on who and when you ask, his dad was either a mayor, a peasant farmer, or part of a bourgeois family. Potato, potato. (laughs) A bourgeois family. Bourgeois. That I can pronounce correctly. The, the loose stick bourgeois. <laughs> that sounds like it would be in the red light district, not the Czech Republic. Okay, so all that's really known is that, or known for certain, is that Victor learned the German and Czech languages growing up while also taking French and Italian in school. Okay, overachiever. While most kids at 19 nowadays take a break from studies to take up drinking, that's not drinking age. Loose stick took up gan- gambling. And probably drinking. Probably. Those two kind of go hand in hand. It's also what, like, eight, if he's 19, it's going to be 1909. And across the pond, 18's legal drinking age, right? In some countries. Or was there. I I don't know that there was a drinking age back then. Maybe. Or 1908. I know today it's 18 in some of the um, European countries. I don't know what it was then. There probably wasn't rules considering there was. Well, there's still children in factories. Well, we're moving on. Um, Interesting. Drinking, probably drinking. He took to the streets and started hustling. Anything from poker to bridge to billiards. I can pronounce that word. If he could make money off of it, he had a hand in the game. Not only that, but he soon mastered the art of panhandling, street scams, so like three-card monte, pickpocketing, and a standard burglary. What is three-card monte? Isn't that like the three cards where like... You pick one, shuffle, 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 shuffle. Is that your card? No, Penny. Oh. Penny? I didn't know it had a name. That's pretty cool. Well, look at him being a regular old scoundrel. I like him already. Oh, regular, regular old scoundrel. <laughs> that loose-dick bourgeoisie scoundrel. <laughs> uh, dear God. It was said that his skills with a pack of cards was so great that he could make a deck do everything but talk. Oh. Kinky. Oh. 
never but. heard of cards coming into this, but I'm down. Mm. He spent more time at gambling tables than at school desk, and his skills skyrocketed, but he claimed to hold a moral code. He would only steal from those who looked like they could afford to lose a real red Robin Hood type. A red Robin Hood type. A We're red, getting burgers. Type. I want a burger Yo. so bad right now. <laughs> Put a fried egg on that bitch. Not only did this guy have game, he had game. Like he got he flirty McFlirtington. Mm -hmm. Not only did he have game like cards, he had. I got it. Okay, I'm here. I picked it up. What you're laying down? (laughs) Are are you? (laughs) I committed a relationship for 15 years. I don't get the game anymore. (laughs) (laughs) The game has retired. (laughs) We retired that jersey. Sorry, Hagrid. If you listen, I know you don't though. A womanizer. <laughs> he quickly built up a series of conquests. Oh, ew. This disgusting fact is only worth mentioning because one time one of them had a boyfriend that not only found Lustig, but took him in a fight. This resulted in a 2.5 inch scar running down his left cheekbone. Oh, damn. Weirdly, um, weirdly, this is one of the luckiest injuries to happen to him that he could ever get. Really? What? See? Back in World War One era, it was all the rage for boys in posh academies to get into fights and get scars on their cheeks as a sign of manhood. Ugh. Boys are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I have no. And it hasn't changed in over to that. Years. If you didn't have the scar by the time you graduated, you were lame and a failure. This explains why if you look at military photos from the Austria-Hungary-Germany area during that time frame, a lot of the enlisted men would sport these marks. A lot of the toxic masculinity is on full display. Continuous. We're also talking World War I. There was quite aware. a bit of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Masculinity is weird shit to people, but it does kind of explain the entirety of World War I. <laughs> <laughs> and two. And three. <laughs> Three of. <laughs> I'm so glad the intern and I are on the same wavelength. <laughs> we finally for the, for the intern who's listening to this. I'm sorry, we have a support group. <laughs> Join our Discord, right? Either way, Lustig took this and ran with it. It gave him an air of legitimacy that, between his smooth mannerisms and slick tongue, was easily believable. That sounds disgusting. Uh-huh. I'm glad you thought disgusting. I was thinking that scar and the slick tongue. I got my own thing going over here. Cool. He keep it to yourself. Is not scar from the Lion King. You realize this, right? Disassociate. Do you have a thing for scar from the Lion King? What happened to loose stick next? <laughs> <laughs> um. <Ow>. No. <laughs> it was around this time after leaving school that he started. Adding the title Count to his name. Count Lustig. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in love already. I hope he doesn't turn out to be a major asshole. Af- after all, he, he ends up in Alcatraz. I can't imagine it's going to end well. Circumstantial circumstantial evidence has put people away before, okay? After all, he had a scar on his cheek and spoke multiple languages. Those were all the signs of the upper middle class. And he was going to argue with a supposed Count Tiffany, if you start going by Countess, I will throw things at you. Countess Lustig. (laughs) Countess Gaddy. Oh, it has a ring to it. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. Stop it. Since he was out of school, he needed to figure out a way to bring in a consistent form of income because don't we all? It didn't take him long to figure out the best and most consistently profitable type of income and figure out the best place to cash a check. 
For a man like Lustig, this meant rich people on transatlantic ocean liners. Authors know boats are expensive and are more likely to have a higher population of rich people with disposable income. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Smart. That's why Jack went on there. The scene, my count is a very edu. He's not educated. No, he's educated. Did he drop out of school? Did you say your count? My count. Until I am proven, or until it is proven that he's an asshole, I'm claiming this man. I'm so glad you're no longer dating. Same. (laughs) (laughs) If only so I don't have to explain Grindr to you. (laughs) (laughs) But, Rebecca, what if I went, no, it's not made for you. (laughs) But they're so pretty. But they're so pretty. Exactly. They're not made for you. I promise. Let's try Bumble. (laughs) Or maybe or snatch chat. <laughs> what is no? We're not. That's the uh, lesbian dating service I want to create. Snatch chat. TM. <laughs> <laughs> snatch chat. Dear God, that sounds like an STD. Uh, making money. Boats have rich people. Yada yada. This is about 1912, 1913. All that loose dig heard about the new world was fairy was fairy tales. <gasps> it is Jack. Breathe. <laughs> Leonard is back. Paint me like one of your French girls. <laughs> Wealth beyond your wildest dreams and glamorous girls for anyone who wants. Not you, Tiff. Sorry. You're married. I'm not am. glamorous. <laughs> I was nice about it. <laughs> Just for the record. Mine was on a technicality. I did not extrapolate on that. Uh, he became a frequent flyer of sorts on these transatlantic voyages, pulling high-profit cons on passengers who wouldn't know better until they landed in New York and he was on another ship back to Europe. Yes, Aww. King. A favorite of his was to convince aspiring socialites to invest in a totally real Broadway production he was producing. <gasps> Tiffany would fall for that. Yes. <laughs> She'd be like, can I be in it? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you just have to invest X amount first and we, you can totally be in it. I could be the star of the show. Tiffany would be broken and up on the streets in world during World War One. Valid. And she would be. She would still tell everyone she was going to be to in be a Broadway. <laughs> crazy lady on the corner. You don't understand. There's I'm a fine young gentleman who promised me Broadway. One was moment. Do her account. One moment while I uh, feed my pigeons. I'll be right back. <laughs> my pigeons are coming on Broadway too. Dear God, while loads of people hoping to make it rich quick roam the ship decks, as during this time, Lustig wasn't the only one to prey on the wealthy voyagers. He was the only one to earn a reputation. Because that's what Tiffany needs, is a dude with a reputation. Mm-hmm. Only knowing a handful of words in English, Lustig employed at the help of a translator. A fellow conman later said that Lustig was the only swindler I ever knew who could do his fast talking through an interpreter. Which, considering I have a hard time speaking in the only language I know, how do you do that? You have to have a good interpreter. Right? Lots of charm. Charm. Tiff, I need you to breathe and stop thinking about wooden doors. After about four two-way cross-Atlantic trips, World War I broke out and the only confirmed solid fact about Lustig's past was established. He 1,000% did not fight in the war. Nailed it. He noped around for two e- for four years doing who knows what until the war ended. And in 1918, he entered New York officially as Count Victor Lustig, unseated from his castles in the Balkans during the bloody revolution. I oh. so wish I could have lived in that time and just like gone somewhere new and been like, this is who I am today. See, here's the thing. You can do that now for about two years before you get canceled and end up as YouTube 
uh, documentaries. I don't want to be a YouTube documentary. Look, go start a new life. Don't start a new life. I'm way too needy for you to do that. But go start a new life somewhere else and you can tell them whatever backstory you want. You just need to give a fake name and do not have any kind of social media. I'm sure that'll work. And the person that I'm impersonating can also not have a social media. Oh, you have to pick a person that's real to impersonate? I was well, just the name. Like, it's fine. I mean, Tiffany's like, I'm Countess Yvonne Lustig. <laughs> I mean, it has to be believable, right? Like, it ha- probably yeah. it has to be a real name. Yvonne His first Lustig. recorded post-war job was a common tourist scam known as the pocketbook trick. Lustig and an accomplice would pick out a mark and plant a wallet. Lustig would find quotes it with the mark and return it to his accomplice who would pose as a gambling man the pair would turn down the contents of the wallet which was offered as a cash reward but agreed to let the man gamble the award on a $25,000 prize horse race often getting the mark to put up an equal amount of money to double their potential winnings okay i take it back that sounds too complicated (laughs) yeah no i'm not on board (laughs) Of course, they'd win and give the mark a paper bag full of their portion of the pot. This, more often than not, was a bag of newspapers. Oh, no. Don't be a dick. He's literally in his name. Lustig. L-U-S-T-I-G. Lustig. L-U-S-T-I-C-K. Moving on. This goes on for a while until Lustig meets what usually stops most men in their tracks. A, a lady. woman. A wonderful, attractive woman. In this Ooh. case, named Roberta Moretz. Roberta. Not Yvonne. So close. He fell head over heels for this Kansas-born redhead, taking her to Paris and buying her fancy clothes. Uh-huh. They were married. Beautiful, pretty woman. <laughs> <laughs> See, that would be the fall of Ashley's scam. Is anyone at all attractive would walk by and she'd be like, this is my real name. <laughs> can't take y'all anywhere nope uh, da, da, da. they were married soon after with lustig only revealing his true profession until after the fact but money and charm are stronger than any moral compass so true she's profession like con man yes okay yeah but money and charm are stronger than any moral compass so she stayed and gave birth to their daughter named betty jean two years later you know who else was a redhead lots of people rose <gasps> leo lovely nickname Skeezix. Oh, how sweet. S-K-E-E-Z-I-X. Skeezix. That, sound, that sounds like Authors. an STD. Authors oh note. Inspired by the popular cartoon strip Gasoline Alley about a character who finds a baby, Skeezix, on his doorstep, the two found a, formed a close bond with the Count, teaching... Did I skip a paragraph? I'm very confused. No. The two formed a close bond with the Count, teaching his young people the art of avoiding straight answers. I'm assuming they're teaching the child. Especially about her father. Yes, they are talking about the child. Okay. And Morse code. Because <laughs> what child doesn't need Morse code? The baby was nicknamed Skeezits? Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Skeezit loose. Ew! In fact, when the two of them would be in tight spots, he would carefully tap into her hand in Morse cold, do not talk to keep the two out, two of them safe. Okay, oh. that's kind of sweet, but I'm still caught up on the nickname here. You just have to roll with it. It should be noted that Victor loved Roberta and Betty Jean deeply and vowed to never let them suffer the way he did during his own childhood. Betty Jean attended the best schools and wore only the finest furs while Roberta consumed fashion journals, etiquette, and city guides to Prague. 
his daughter actually wrote a book later in her life detailing her father in a glowing light. Oh, what's the book called? Because I want to no read it. No information we're get, let's get. We don't even we don't even know who this guy is. Well, I thought he's. You just said that she wrote a book about him. I don't know who she is. Maybe she um, didn't know who he was. I'm messaging the look intern up now. Look up Ew. <laughs> I'm sure that won't mess Skeez up your browser it. at all. Uh, my browser's fucked anyway. But it was his ethically ambiguous job that kept his family in good standing. And they were evolving. During Prohibition, he started to perfect his counterfeiting skills, helping those with vices through the tough time. He would create labels worth $3 million and sell them for pennies on the fake dollar. Okay. Fun fact, counterfeiting is one of the two criminal offenses named in the Constitution, with the other being treason. Put a pin in that, because this will come back later. Uh-huh. I told you he wasn't a good guy. Yeah, that doesn't shock me, because, you know, the government's like, no, don't take our money. I can understand why they'd be mad about counterfeiting. Yeah. Lustig picked this up pretty quickly and decided that the risk of getting caught making those labels wasn't worth the potential price. Instead, he planted himself between two masterminds, Nicky Arnstein and mobster Arnold Rothstein, mm-hmm. on Wall Street and planted himself as the middleman for their sale of stolen Liberty Bonds. Classic Armstein and Rothstein. Sure. Liberty Bonds. I've heard of those before. Keep going. Google them to see what they are. This is when Lustig would become T. Robert Robel. Mr. Robel would walk into a bank in a small town, very well dressed, complete with diamond cufflinks, and asked to see a bank manager. In one notable occurrence in Springfield, Missouri, he said he was the president of North American Chemists, Inc. of New York City. He lit a gold-tipped cigarette and expressed interest in buying some land to build a chemical factory for over 400 workers. Oh. I don't know what a gold-tipped cigarette is. Dang. It sounds... Are you giving him snaps? Tiffany. It's not a poetry reading. Tiffany. I have a thing for Leonardo. It's not Leonardo. He's a con man. It's fine. No, it's not. <laughs> He's dead now, so it doesn't matter if I have the hots for him. <laughs> it's not yes, it does. <laughs> What does loose dick look like? Uh, Over the next few days, the manager would take loose dick, still dressed to the nines, around plots of land for him to shop for. After a while, loose dick would offer $25,000, which is $4,018, in 2022. Thank you, Andrew. Which is about how much a house costs for a yeah. family of four. I was just about to say, do you know what I would give to buy land for $25,000? 400 acres. Nope, that's employees. I don't know how big the land was. Bro- oh, no. Sorry. Nope. Tiffany? Dick is not Leonardo DiCaprio. We're moving on. Not a pretty man. Are you shocked by this revelation? Are yes. you sure it's the right person? Because we're not exactly Victor- sure. Lustig. Yeah, when I typed in Lustig, it came up with Robert and some soccer player. But I found con man. And he's not I pretty. don't think you searched the right thing. Um, But... Da, 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 da. Lustig would offer $25,000 for a property that tickled his fancy. The manager, knowing the land was worthless, would excitedly exi- draw up papers back at the office. Come signing day, Lustig would produce a $50,000 Liberty bond palmed previously from his work as a middleman from his pocket and explained that it's the smallest that he had. Oh. He would happily take $25,000 in cash as change. Oh. So 50000 k is roughly double what I said before, which is eight. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. There's six digits there in 2022. So roughly the price of two houses. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) 
Happily, the manager would take the bond, verify it is valid, and stick it in a drawer before asking the secretary to retrieve the change. Yes, my lady. Gather me $25,000. Confidence gets you places. Yeah, it does. That's why I've gone nowhere. (laughs) We are fucked. (laughs) That's why we're stuck in Tiffany's house on a Tuesday. (laughs) There's nowhere else I'd rather be. As the paperwork would come out, Lustig would get his painted painted pained look across his face and clutch his chest mouth gaping silently faking a heart attack the manager would jump at this and insist on calling a physician lustig would painfully collect his papers and stand up explaining they should do this another time before collapsing on the desk that seems dramatic and exactly like what ashley would do (laughs) (laughs) how dare is he wrong he the intern Oh, is that Oh, that was me. Oh, okay. That's what I thought. I said that. The intern knows better. (laughs) I said that. That was a full Rebecca-ism, okay? Yeah. (laughs) Maybe, but I got 25 grand out of it, so. So, dudes collapsed on the desk, seemingly accepting defeat. He would then ask the manager for some aromatic ammonia spirit, a method at the time to prevent and or treat fainting. Oh, no. Do they have a fainting couch? No, they had a desk. Oh, that's not as fun. (laughs) (laughs) Smelling salts. Is this smelling salt? Sure. I know what ammonia is. It's what cats make when they... Here, if I say this this way, Smart Crow Wilker will yell at me immediately after. Ammonia is a salt. We'll find out in like a couple days. (laughs) (laughs) Flustered, the manager would agree and leave the office. As soon as he could, Lustig would jump to his feet, open the drawer, and retrieve the original Liberty Bond, stuffing it into his own jacket pocket before resuming his faked, pained position. By the time the manager came back, Lustig would insist on returning back to his hotel to rest and ask to finish the contracts the next day. Oh, poor baby. As soon as the bank laughed, I side of the taxi, Lustig would direct the driver to take him to the train station. This whole ordeal was perfectly timed as the fast train to St. Louis was, was to leave from the station in under eight minutes. Lustig boarded the train and beelined to the restroom, opening the suitcase, pulling a Clark Kent up Superman fame in case you're homeschooled and don't know pop culture. <laughs> oh, that was the intern. I was homeschooled, but I know who Clark Kent is. Thank you. Did you just say St. Louis? Yeah, St. Louis, St. Louis. St. Louis. St. Lunatics. And Nelly. Look, with that I'm, sexy... I still have Louisville in my head Louisville. from earlier. We had a conversation. Like you got of... a handful of marbles in your mouth. Louisville. A handful of marbles in your mouth, not a mouthful of marbles. No, a handful of marbles in your mouth. Louisville. Anyway, Clark Kent pulled. He emerged wearing a worn suit, tired shoes, and a dirty shirt. In turn, you need to use Oxford commas, please. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we love her. <laughs> <laughs> such a little thing but it's been driving me crazy this entire time anyway not important uh tired shirt dirty shoes that's mixed up he even put on a fake mustache to seal the deal yes and then he'd take a seat i'm assuming on the train not <gasps> the bathroom <laughs> he just sits in the bathroom and waits to get to st louis right with as you'd ex- as, in his briefcase. as you'd expect during this time the manager would discover the missing bonds and call the police they would show up to the hotel to find Lustig's room empty and call the nearest town with the train station Litchfield and warn the police there to search the train so when the police got on board and started asking each passenger for their ticket Lustig dug into his tattered pocket pushing past Liberty Bond and $25,000 in cash to produce a ticket he produced purchased the day before smart man one for litchfield to st louis as the 
bank was from Springfield, the police disembarked the train while Lusick sat smugly with his $75,000. Damn. But his most profitable job was actually a revamp of what was known as the Romanian money box scam. I know what that is. Sure you do. Just Luce- give us a like refresher for Ashley. <laughs> Just in case uh-huh, some uh-huh. people haven't heard of it. I can do that. I have notes someone else wrote for me. Lustig would commission a small, ornate wooden box to be constructed, made from cedar or rosewood approximately two feet long, one foot deep, and nine inches wide. <laughs> they both were like... <laughs> They're both measuring it. Oh, okay, it's two four- feet long, uh-huh. one yep. foot wide, and nine inches One foot deep. deep, nine inches wide. Okay, two foot... One foot. So, foot. feet long, one foot deep, wide inches wide. It's like an umbrella box. You are or- measuring like a man. That was not two feet. <laughs> How dare you? That was precisely six she inches. She has a ruler on her wrist. I do. <sighs> and that was more of an example. It's like an umbrella box. Anyway, anyway, anyway. It did. It sported brass dials and trim with ornate, complicated rollers on the outside and had some weight to it. With the, while this being con- commissioned in the pre-Etsy days, he would take a pile of $50,000 worth of freshly minted $100 bills. This ensured they had sequential serial numbers. He would then spend hours painstakingly scraping the last digit of the notes off and then repainting the last digit using his polished counterfeiting skills. By the end of the night, he'd have 500 identical $100 bills. Oh. How could you scrape off? No, Ashley, we're not counterfeiting on the podcast. I don't want to counterfeit. I just want to know if you can scrape off. I'm assuming the technology for printing bills in 1919 is... Okay, so I need a time machine and a dollar. You do realize that (laughs) we still have money. Well, not from... Probably not from 1909. Maybe we do, but there's money in circulation from... Okay, I need to go to the mint. There you go. Not from 1919. Pretty sure those are collector's items. Once his box was finished, he would spend some time picking out a mark and chatting them up. After they were hooked, Lustig would smile at him and ask, have you heard of Emile Dubray? Thank yes. you for, for the pronunciation. The pronunciation in the notes was Dubray. <laughs> like a donkey bray. <laughs> like a what? Donkey. Oh, like a donkey bray. Like, no. Yes. <laughs> what does a donkey say? <laughs> I hate myself sometimes. She's beauty and not brains. She'll punch you in about this big con man deal? Lustig would go on explaining that Dupre was a genius chemical engineer. Smart co-worker. Hi. She's not a chemical engineer, but she does the chemistry. Obviously, and she's sub- a genius. Oh, this was 100% put in for me. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> I kept reading. So chemical engineer, obviously superior to industrial engineers or even mechanical engineers. Fuck you. But not as brilliant as software or computer engineers. Double fuck you. How about this? All engineers tend to be a pain in my ass. <laughs> that, so That is one thing I, I can confirm is valid. Engineers are someone's pain in their ass. I view them to all be on the same level. And it's all pain in my ass. We're all obnoxious. But I love um, you. He was in the Balkans when Archduke Francis was assassinated and was immediately picked up as the authorities assumed he was in on the plot. I don't understand how that's related to this. The story they're telling. The guy. Yes, that is the what we're doing. The donkey bray. But, <laughs> but Dubray was well known enough that instead of putting him in jail, they set him up in a luxury hotel with only one task. Figure out a way to duplicate foreign money. Was this a real person 
I think it was part of the con. Okay. I'm getting lost because I haven't read through these. The Germans wanted to use copies of other countries' currencies instead of their own in the upcoming war to avoid inflation. Authors note because the Germans proved really good at that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the correct sound effect. Spoiler. (laughs) Good God. Over time, Dubray figured it out. It took a while... It took a while, far too late for the Germans to use it, but luckily he sought asylum with Lustig's rich father. Was he he was actually a real person? And while he died only a year later, Lustig went through Dubray's papers and figured it out himself and concealed the method in this fancy box. Did he tell the people all of this? I'm lost. Because it sounds like either he's telling them the story of a man and then he was like, I found out how to counterfeit money and it's in this box. It's, I don't but think I, I, that might be where he's going. I don't think that's something you would like to announce. I got people. lost roughly around the time you remembered what Donkey's saying. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, girl. It's okay. It's been a while since I've played Old McDonald, okay? <laughs> Over time, Dubray figured it out. Rich Lustig father and while he died only a year later Lustig went through Dubray's papers and figured it out himself and concealed the method in this fancy box he would put in a bag note and a blank piece of currency paper in the rear slide of the box and with dramatic flourish he turned the crank (gasps) so this is the story he's telling people I think we've reached that conclusion yes (laughs) light bulb (laughs) by this point the intern has like head desk no less than five times Dump down your notes for us. Or maybe give them to me before I've helped consume a bottle of wine. Sometimes he'd explain the science of the box to the mark. Well, you know, to be fair, that I think a lot a, of men in the 1900 could use the science of the box. I was about to say box. that means a different thing if you're a lesbian. <laughs> what? It's hysteria. Vibrate about it. <laughs> <laughs> Go ride a horse. We're gone again. They I'm- say nay! <laughs> I can't leave for three months again. It's not good for anybody. <laughs> uh, Sometimes he explained the science of the bucks to the mark. The mechanism under the rollers was very delicate and was radium based. What? <laughs> remember, the, remember the radium st- girl story Rebecca yes. told when spoons existed? We do. We do. This was a, bones. This was the same time period, which meant that radium was one of the most expensive substances in the world. Oh. Due to the amount of radium needed for this chemical process, each box was worth approximately $50,000. Wow. But you gotta spend money to make money. Absolutely. That's business, baby. After somewhere between 12 and 18 hours, the original banknote and, per- and a perfect duplicate will come out from the front slot of the box. 12 hours was the minimum amount of time a person should wait. They might come out less than perfect. It was safer to wait the entire 18 hours to ensure the most perfect clone. Lustig would sit with them for the full 18 hours and at the end, turn the crank again and show that the box produced two identical $100 bills. This man. That's so long. I'd be like, you need to go somewhere. <laughs> Please. This man. No, because if you go somewhere, they can say, oh, I don't believe you. You mm-hmm. made this. This man. Our count friend who does not look like Leo but is kind of worming his way in my heart no. is genius. It's all about the confidence. Okay, but I'm confused as to how he's make. I guess because he's getting the original hundred dollars from these people. No, he just took those ca- those dollar bills and scratched off the last serial number and made them all the exact same serial number. Mm-hmm. But how is he making money off of this? He's because selling the he's box. Selling the box. He shows oh. them that it works. 
he sells the box for a significant amount. Okay, all right, I'm back. The Marks would be shocked. As far as they knew, they just witnessed a $100 bill being cloned, but there was doubt. Maybe it was counterfeit. So Lustig would go with them to the bank and hand over the two bills to the teller, but the bills were genuine. All the safety fixtures of the bills were there, but tellers don't tend to check serial numbers. So the Mark would cash it successfully and see dollar signs in their eyes, a la an old Bugs Bunny cartoon. Cha-ching! Yep. He'd immediately pay the $50,000 to Lustig, to purchase this dollar cloning machine. Obviously, Emily Dubray never existed. Yeah, we figured that out. <laughs> took after, us a while. I don't, I after Tiffany the donkey braid. I think Tiffany just figured that out. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, there's no magical chemical process with a box full of radium. But where was he finding these people that just had $50,000 to spend on a box? Confidence. He was... He practiced, or he honed his craft after all these years. Remember, he started out on those boats looking for no, rich people. I get people. that, but like, where, what is he, how is, speaking of Bugs Bunny, um, <laughs> he learns the signs of finding wealthy people. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Some people have money to burn. 800 and something dollars, dollars? You'd be surprised. Honey. We're poor. <gasps> Damn. <laughs> I think right, I have like a but... hundred of dollars in my bank account. Right now. <laughs> Hold on, my electric bill has not pulled yet, so I have a little more than that. Oh my god! Um, um, no Emily Dubray, no ma- radium, no magical chemical process. Instead, what actually happened was during those eighteen hours, the pair waited. Lustig would at some point perform a sleight of hand to replace the currency paper with his modified notes. What? By the time the mark tried again on their own, Lustig would be eighteen hours of travel away, far away from any repercussions, and fifty thousand dollars richer. Genius! It was the perfect scam. Yeah. If the marks went to the police, they would have to admit to having intentions of creating counterfeit bills. <laughs> so, okay, Ash. <laughs> You forgot what Donkey said a minute ago. (laughs) (laughs) You're an ass. (laughs) So if the marks went to the police, they couldn't because they would have to show their intent, which was one of the those constitutional crimes that was mentioned earlier. Yeah, I can't do that. It actually worked so well that once a mark managed to track Lustig down after the exchange exchange concluded and he was terribly upset. He explained to Lustig that he got a little too eager and only waited 11 hours before turning the crank again and that it only produced blank currency paper. To this, Lustig shouted, You fool! You destroyed the machine! Luckily for him, Lustig was willing to give him a second one for cheap as a replacement, only for another $25,000. Oh! The biggest, most frequent piece of news was the... was the critique of the Eiffel Tower. I skipped a paragraph. Let's go back. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. So Lustig got jailed a few more times, always escaping shortly after incarceration. But in May of 1925, Lustig found himself in Paris. And as most of the time did, he read the newspaper because there were no Facebook feeds with questionable inputs. Question. Sure. You said he got arrested again? When did he get arrested originally? A couple times. When? He got arrested a couple times. During the story. Did she call out him getting arrested? Or was I just laughing about that? He was in Alcatraz. But that was just at the top of the story. We never actually got to how he got to Alcatraz. I don't know if we're covering that. Let's talk about Paris. In turn. He's definitely not going to Alcatraz from Paris. I may not know much geography, but (laughs) no, that's not the case. Okay. 
Uh, da da newspaper. Everyone read it because Facebook wasn't a thing. The biggest, most frequent piece of news was the critique of the Eiffel Tower. It was created for the 1889 World's Fair, but afterwards, why bother keeping it? Beautiful. It was a fortune to maintain, and most French citizens even considered it a le eyesore. Le eyesore. <laughs> Ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> Boo. But I am tired. <laughs> so take a nap and survive the missiles. Uh, this gave him an idea. You can make some good money from selling the I Eiffel Tower. Feel like, <laughs> I feel like this is a groove from Minions. I'm no, going to do something Shut up. I was in really like, important. He was talking about it. And I was like, please put it in there so I can be like, so I go to Paris. <laughs> and I shrink the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> and I take the, the Eiffel, Eiffel Tower, Tower. And then I sit on the toilets. <laughs> We've been I'm a- going to do something very big. You'll very hear important. about it very soon. And you will be very impressed. You'll be very proud. I'm going to steal the eyesore. <laughs> Author's note. I should warn you that, fo- that the following bit contains some French names that I cannot pronounce. However, oh. following LOS tradition, I will blindly stumble forward with unwarranted confidence and without a Google search. <laughs> He's not pronouncing them. I am, though. <laughs> and for the record, it's Yola Coltrin. <laughs> for every single podcast that researches this subject, it's Yola Coltrin. Looks like a Yule cat to me. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, he forged some documents, starting with making copies of the letterhead of the Ministry of Post and Telegraphs. The Ministry of Magic? No. That well, does not have um, Ministry of Post and Telegraphs, the MPT. He would then send six letters to different major scrap metal dealers in the city asking them to come to the hotel. The Hotel de Crayon. Don't at me. The Crayon Hotel? No. Shush. To discuss. The Hotel de Crayola. <laughs> We're going to get canceled in France. It's fine. Justifiably. <laughs> oh my gosh. Actually, no. Do you really think we have many French listeners? I don't know, but bonjour. <laughs> Je t'aime. I, I cannot believe. You're here. Neither <laughs> can I. The Hotel of Crayons to discuss a strictly confidential matter. It was too on the down low to discuss in the office. Of course. Yeah. A Lustig would assume the role of the deputy director general of the ministry. He would stock the room before the meeting with small batches of low-end champagne, truffles, and pâté, but nothing high-end. He was a government official on, go- on a government budget, after all. Oh, oui. Oui, oui. <laughs> Tiffany, your high school French is very impressive. Much wow. Merci. Enchanté, mademoiselle. <laughs> Cheap truffles and pâté and low-end champagne. He would go on to say, in perfect French, of course, how it's become too cost-inefficient to keep the Eiffel Tower standing. It needed to be sold for scrap metal, and it needed to be quick. He had facts about the tower's construction and scrap costs for each individual aspect. Over 7,000 tons of high-grade iron ready for the highest bidder. And bid they did. Ooh, tell me. So I tried to sell the Eiffel Tower. Lustig focused on a younger man, Andre Poisson. He was a new money Worked hard and was cutthroat to get where he was. Much better. This is the kind of man I like. Work hard and be French. (laughs) Well, he might be about to make a stupid. He tried, okay? He wanted to buy the eyesore. The eyesore. 
This was the man whose money Lustig wanted. Poisson. Poisson? You spelled that two different ways, sir. Les poissons. Les poissons. Stop. Oh. <laughs> How did you do that? That's not even a song. Yes, it is. It's from the Little Mermaid. Mermaid. It, that's not the words. Yes, yes it, it is. is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Poisson. Les poissons. No. How that I love les poissons. Love to chop. And preserve little fish. First, I cut off their, their heads, heads and I pull hurt. out their bowl. Oh. Oh. <laughs> it don't hurt, because they're dead. Okay, new money, poisson, spelled two different ways. Ambitious, wanted the contract. But didn't have any contacts in the industry to question Lustig's background, so he cornered Poisson and started going off on how shitty government salaries are, a complaint that persists nearly 100 years later. The longer he talked, the more Poisson relaxed. Oh. Which is not the reaction I have when people won't stop talking at me. As far as he knew, Lustig was a government official. Of course, he was looking for a bribe. Suddenly, the fact they were in a hotel room and not an office clicked, and in any apprehension, the men had melted away. What type of bribe are you talking about? (laughs) Whoa! So So the man smiled. Oh. Took out a checkbook. I wrote Lustig a check for $70,000. Yes. Over $1.1 million in 2022. Okay. I <laughs> Well, so you say that, and I think $1.1 million for the Eiffel Tower. Just part of it. Right? No, the entire thing. Yeah. Oh. No, that's a it's, seal. That's the, I'm assuming that's iron. the scrap. It's iron. Or that might be the bribe. Inter- no, it's unclear. Um, after the man left, Lustig headed to the bank deposited the check, pulled out one of the 12 forged passports he had in his briefcase oh. and hopped on a train to Vienna. And considering I can hardly keep track of my one legit passport, what the fuck? Right. Okay. This is where I feel like he's about to get caught because you said he had a bunch of different identities and a stint in Alcatraz, so I feel like he's about to get caught. Who knows? We'll see. We'll find out. I'll find out, too. <laughs> um, Poisson, too embarrassed to admit to the police what had just occurred. Kept quiet. Oh, poor Poisson. Poor guy. Six months later, Lustig boarded another train back to Paris. He was going to sell the Eiffel Tower again. Don't, don't. go back to the scene of the crime. Take your mill and walk away. How, wait, what year is this? Yes. <laughs> A few years later. <laughs> I don't remember. What year are we in? The Look. 19-something. Between the cackling over the Little Mermaid and the donkey. I don't remember what's happening. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to think because like, he has been on his game Has this he? whole time. Yes. He is brilliant. I'm at this so glad me and stuff. Ashley are in your life. You would be in a cult. <laughs> uh-huh. But now for him to go back and try to pull the same stint. So six months later, Lustig tried again in, in Paris because that's where the Eiffel Tower is. <laughs> It was going so well. The fake letterheads were perfect. He pulled in five new scrap metal dealers as marks. He wined and dined them perfectly, and then everything fell apart. <gasps> oh, See? no. He shouldn't have gone back. And I was trying to ask how old he was, because I feel like maybe age and dementia have a factor in this. Dementia? Well, okay. Okay. Well, back up. First off, you do this enough, you get confident. Valid. Cocky. The cocky. The cocky. The cocky. Okay. His chosen mark got suspicious. He refused to do anything outside the government building. He declined to offer a bribe. His chosen mark was too good of a man and the plan was in shatters. So what was the point of the bribe? To make sure that he sold it to them? Yes. I guess? Sure. Okay, that is a better deal. 
That's crazy. Yeah, it's just the bribe. He's going for the bribes. They're not actually selling anything. Lustig suspected that Mark was going to the police, so he packed up and left for the relative safety of the United States. Yeah. <laughs> Bad choice. Back in America, Lustig fell back on the tried and true money box scam to keep an income. In Texas, he got $123,000 out of a sheriff and a ta- county tax collector. Oh, shit corruption i feel like even in today's <laughs> that's, that's what gets you out of this even in today's moonies that's a lot that's a lot that that's really a, is that's a lot of monies that's a lot of money in chicago he started building a report a report 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 with al capone who respected <gasps> the man's skills he got a trader to sew fifteen thousand dollars in the linings of his suits for emergencies just pocket money aka you know. bribing people and getting out of jail oh there's no two hundred and forty thousand nine hundred eighty four dollars in 2022 sewn up in his jacket in his suit i mean mafia yeah. that uh, i understand the mafia so that makes sense that would me. make I mean, me I understand the mafia like i'm an insider that's Shit. more than my house uh yeah. yeah that's more than my net worth <laughs> oh my god <laughs> we're moving on from that he collected dozens of aliases and got arrested dozens of times. Over 40 of those times, he either beat the charge or straight up escaped jail while awaiting trial, probably with those hidden stacks of $15,000. That'll do it. During this time, while he was country hopping, pulling all sorts of cons, he didn't keep all his money to himself. He kept sending lump sums to Roberta and Betty Jean. Good for you. Are they still in Paris? They were never in Paris. We don't Pretty know if sure they went to Paris. Was from Kentucky. Yeah, well, but they moved across... I- feel like this was his undoing i'll find out while he loved them he kept them at an arm's length actually more like a multitude of train line train rides lengths away during his trips he let his in pants brain take the wheel after a successful con what (laughs) he thought with his penis and not his head well that is a head with his loose dick (laughs) he thought with his loose dick and not with his brain he was in Philly and ran a scam across a woman named Billy May Scheibel. She managed to track him down to a hotel room in another city and Lustig did something, did something to her he had never done to a mark before. <gasps> no, before. sir. He gave her money back. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I thought we were about to have to punch Lustig. I, right? <laughs> they immediately became an item and his wife was tossed <gasps> to the proverbial gutter. No, One night, Lusick actually stood her up in a hotel suite and left her to drink all the expensive wine she ordered, albeit with his funds. Which, if I was in that situation, same. Like, I would order all the pizza. Leah. This is a disclaimer. If I knew he was cheating on his wife, like, wouldn't do that. But if he stood me up and I had his credit card, that's that's still fraud. But it's it's harder to prove. Because he invited you to the room and decided to put his hotel, his card down. But I doubt they had cards, but his. Yeah, finances. line of credit. Finances down yeah. for the room. He I eventually, just... so he eventually remembered that this was the thing he planned to do, go to the hotel room with her, uh, and then finally showed up, got into an argument that eventually ended up with Roberta filing for divorce. Oh, this was the wife. Yeah. No, that's what I'm telling you. Ah, this is why I'm I upset. thought this was the side piece. No, he ditched his wife for the side piece. And like, you don't need a side piece. That's where he stopped being Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. And then, like Leonardo DiCaprio flirted and made love to a an engaged woman. Leo can do no wrong. That's not true. That's not how that works. Look, I'm ignoring the movie part and just focusing on Leo and his perfection and Chef's kiss. So we're moving on. Anyway, 
No, I'm mad at Lustig right mm-hmm. now because he cheated on his wife and he stood her up. And then you said this led to them getting a divorce? Uh, yes. Good. Well, filing for divorce. Good for her. As personal life spiraled, his professional life continued to work its way into the stratosphere. He was so famous that he started spouting what he called the Ten Commandments of the Khan. Other common listened to his words and took them to heart. In fact, they're still being followed today. Ooh. One, be a patient listener. Mm-hmm. Two, never look bored. Mm-hmm. Three, wait for the other person to reveal any political opinions and agree with them. No. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were out at board. <laughs> <laughs> Never look bored. Four, let the other person reveal religious views and have the same ones. Five, hint at sex talk, but don't follow it up unless the other person shows a strong interest. Six, never discuss illness unless something special or unless some special concern is shown. Seven, never pry into a person's personal circumstances. They'll tell you all eventually. Eight, never boast. Just let your importance be quietly obvious. Nine, never be untidy. Ten, never get drunk. I am so fucked. (laughs) Yeah, I was out at three. Well, like, (laughs) I'm listening to this and I'm like, this would not work for me. And I would be so easily conned because I'm always like, oh, it's so nice to meet you. Would you like to know every intimate detail about my life? Here we go. We know. That's why we're worried you're going to run off and join a cult. Yeah. We're aware. In 1930, Lustig... Oh, we're in 1930 now. <laughs> Thank Just you. by the way. <laughs> we brought it back to the calendar. It's fine. So calendar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, technically, yes. Lustig <laughs> became friends with a Nebraska chemist. What is with him and chemists? With a Nebraska chemist named Tom Shaw and stood up a new counterfeiting ring. Their operation produced such high-quality bills that they could push out over $100,000 a month, which um, is more than $1.5 million in 2022. Oh, it's not really, because it's fake money. I mean, if it works the same, is it different? If it looks like a duck and it walks like a duck. Then it quacks like a duck, because that's what they... E-I-E-I-O. <laughs> Rebecca's flipping me off subconsciously. Oh my god. Um, where was I? They used couriers who didn't know they were carrying fake bills and they were getting into the economy so well that later that year the Secret Service arrested that Texas sheriff from before. Oh wow. Accusing 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 him <laughs> of passing out bogus bills. How dare you, tiny sheriff? Which men. to be cool. fair, he Ru- did like do the thing earlier like i want him to be charged for that not something he didn't do but also justice lol this was ultimately the beginning of the end for lustig the sheriff gave the secret service a very de- detailed description of counter counter victor lustig <laughs> counter <laughs> before Victor-Lustig. being jailed anyway the closer the secret service looked the more they found the counts counterfeits at banks at racetracks millions of dollars worth of fake bills flooded the market at one point being theorized that up to 50 percent of all fake <gasps> cur- fake currency in america was lustig dollars what? issuing lustig money dollars. in rivalry with the u.s treasury yeah <gasps> there's a few things you don't fuck with our freedom and money (laughs) 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 if this got out and it was starting to the secret service was worried it would erode the international confidence in the american dollar and even potentially topple the country's fragile economy as this was all going down during the great depression oh in the spring of 1935 the great count victor lustig was finally caught in new york 
after an anonymous tip was submitted to the Secret Service. This is his ex-wife. It was, in fact, the, an act of jealousy of his then-girlfriend who heard of his affair with his business partner's mistress. Good God! There's so many people. Keep Author's note. Just stay single. It's easier that way. My note. Just ace things. <laughs> just ace. Hashtag just ace things. Don't date and there's less problems. Yeah. Agreed. Can't argue. <laughs> <laughs> He immediately bragged that no prison would be able to contain him, which, to his credit, his record supported. But the police scoffed and jailed him in the federal detention headquarters in Manhattan. So to prove a point, I guess, he made a rope out of bedsheets and escaped out the window still dressed in his prison garb. Hmm. On his way down, he often paused to stop and wipe windows, pretending to be a window washer for the crowd below. In his prison guard! Well, Garb. Garb. They have been known to give prisoners tasks around the prison. So it could have been... Uh, I don't know about that one. Once he reached the ground, he gave a slight bow to his audience and, like a deer, ran off. Like a deer on all fours? All I can imagine is that scene in Bambi when all like the males come strutting in. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. On all fours in his boing, 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 boing. No, it's even better if it's just on his legs. Boing, boing, boing. I'm fine. Uh, a month later... In Pittsburgh, he was caught once more and sent to Alcatraz for a sentence of 20 years. From Pittsburgh? Yeah. Taking him seriously this time, the guards stripped him down for a full body search before hosing him down with freezing seawater and escorting him buck naked through the main hallway of the prison to his cell. <laughs> buck naked because he's a deer. <laughs> that was a horny joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, because he's it would, off like a deer. It would behoove she... you to stop. <laughs> I'm <so> naked. <laughs> I love you so much. Never leave us. Do not do that again. Don't. Do not. Ah. A deer. A female deer. We're fine. Uh, okay, stripped him naked, sprayed him, pounded. What now? <laughs> By December of 1946, Lustig made 1,192 medical requests and had 507 prescriptions filled. Good Jesus. God. The guards were skeptical as they saw torn bedsheets in a cell, which led them to believe this was just an act for a prison escape, but he wasn't faking. After 11 years on the rock, he was transferred to a secure medical facility in Springfield, Missouri, where doctors treated him for complications due to pneumonia. During this time, his daughter, Betty Jean, tried to see him. She kept hearing rumors he wasn't doing well, but there were false reports that said he was fine and funds were low. So getting to Springfield was difficult. In March of 1947, she finally made it and was instantly filled with dread. She knew she waited too long. Lustig lay on his bed, paralyzed and unmoving. She took his hand and tapped into his palm in Morse code, just as they did when he was a kid. I love you, Daddy. Oh, no. He gathered enough strength to tap back. I love you, Skeezix. Victor Lustig died March 11, 1947, 8.30 p.m. After everything he accomplished in his life, his death certificate had only two words for his occupation. Apprentice salesman. Oh. Oh. I the hell the Morris Code, man. The end. Ta-ta. Damn, you finally got me on board to hate the guy and you pull some shit like that. And I'm like, gosh, I don't feel for Look, him. Look, shitty people can her. have soft spots too. Yeah, usually. Yeah, like the, right there, like above the <laughs> eyeball. The temple. The temple. That's a soft spot if you hit it just right. 
Did you forget the word for temple? She Maybe. Did. Oh my god. That right there above the eyeball. She like, <laughs> you're not an infant. <laughs> Two bottles of rose. Split between three people over Shut multiple hours. Up. We are responsible. Rebecca, I think I speak for the world when I say we are so glad you came back today. We are. I know. I'm thrilled, personally. <laughs> I'm not going to speak for anyone else. But Hee-haw. <laughs> Well, this has just made my life. I hope it makes everybody else's week. And uh, Ashley, on that note, remember, friends, everyone has something that they find odd. Let us tell you about it. If you have any questionable topics you'd like us to discuss, you can rage about it like my co-hosts are doing. <laughs> um, you can also join us on our Discord. It's fun there. There's awful food memes, and mm-hmm. sometimes I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> Same. These can be found on our website, ladiesisrage.com. Or you can email, I mean, if you have suggestions, really put them in the Discord. You can also send them to theladiesestrange at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review. And if you think we're doing a great job and want to support us, tell your friends about us. Because we don't do that Patreon thing anymore. And I forgot what I was supposed to say because Rebecca hasn't been here in so long. Keep it strange, lovelies. Bye bye. Hee haw. Hee haw. <laughs> <laughs>